All right, so one thing that we know for sure Toshow. is that ogres are like onions. <laughs> uh, right, we learned that in Shrek, I think. Right, the yeah. documentary uh, <laughs> aimed at our children. <clears throat> but what you may not know is that relationships are like tables. Well. You sit on them, at them. On at them. <laughs> Why don't we, let's get into that. Before we get into today's episode, just wanted to remind you that in the description of the video below, we put links to all of our social media accounts. You can always reach us with questions or comments about this episode at marriagebydesignpodcast at gmail.com. And finally, if you want to support us financially, there is a link to be able to do so at the end of each of the descriptions of our videos. Now, let's get back to the show. Hey, everybody. I'm Nathan Warnock. I'm Andrea Warnock, and you've joined us for Marriage Monday on the Marriage by Design podcast. And this is a time where we get to talk to you about God's design for marriage, what the Bible has to say about that, and how we live that out. That's right. So we're going to start a series today that will run for the next uh, four or five weeks or so, uh, talking about really something that the Lord has been kind of processing through with Andrew and I over the course of this last year and some things that we've kind of started thinking about with regards to evaluating our own marriage because one thing that we have found <clears throat> is that it's really easy in marriage to feel like you've reached a place where you and your spouse are getting along and that's good enough and things are jiving and we're pretty much like we're good right yeah <clears throat> and the, the 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 main thing that i would say to start this off is i really feel like this year has been a year of the lord saying you you're you will never arrive like your relationship never arrives you as a person never arrive um <clears throat> it's kind of and we've talked about this before on this channel it's kind of the ludicrousness of this idea that, well, you'll know you want to marry this woman or this man because they will not want to change you. And we've talked on this channel before about how silly that is because the very fact that you're in a relationship with someone else changes you. you. And so the question isn't, do I want someone that wants to change me or not? The question is, who are they changing me into? And who am I trying to change them into? But I want to talk about something a little bit different over the next few weeks. And that's what are you trying to change your marriage into? Um, what? How are you trying to grow your marriage? Because I think there are far too many people that go, hey, my wife and I have reached a place or my husband and I have reached a place where we're not having a lot of arguments or kind of you know, we found sort of her best way she operates and my best way I operate. And we've kind of gotten used to each other. And so now it's, it's good enough. And I would suggest to you that that idea of good enough 
is not a God honoring thing. Um, until we have reached perfection through Christ's blood in eternity, there is no good enough for God. And so, um, what are we trying to change our marriage into? Now, if you're just finding us out of nowhere, I want to make something really, really clear. What I'm talking about here is not salvation, right? So I, w- I don't ever want anyone to get on our podcast and go, oh, he's saying if we really work hard in our marriage or if we really work hard on ourselves, then we'll be good enough for God. Um, because the Bible's pretty clear on that particular point. Very. That there is no good enough works for God. Um, we are either saved by faith alone through Christ alone and the work he did on the cross or we're living in sin doomed to die eternally separated from him. So there is nothing we can do um, works wise, but within the scope of, of relationship before God, meaning once we've already bowed our knee to him and he calls us through his spirit higher, both as individuals and as couples, that's what I'm talking about. So for our for our marriages, and you may go, man, I don't really know about this whole God thing, but I'm interested in hearing what you have to say about marriage. I would I would be happy to challenge you in this as well. And here's what I'm cha- here's what the challenge is. I believe that if you think of your marriage like a table, like a dining room table with a leg on each side, um, and I know. You know, some uh, tables, a leg on it's two legs on each side. Oh, sorry, a leg on each corner Got of it. the table. Okay. Um, and I know now there are like fancy tables with pedestals and forget all of those. That. I'll think of a I'll think of an analogy for those someday down the road. But for now, we're talking traditional table with four legs, one at each corner of the table. Right. And when we think about a table, and we think of it, well, what what's a table designed to do? Well, it's designed to support things on the table and we've talked long and hard about how our lives particularly our married lives have a lot of challenges right we were told this in in corinthians paul tells the church uh if you marry you you will will have have trouble." trouble and so as we think about the table of our marriage stuff's getting piled on it right and stuff's getting piled on it whether your legs are in shape or not, right? The question is, is the table going to hold the weight or is it going to topple over? And so what am I talking about with regards to these legs? Well, I believe that there are four really pillars, broad categories of intimacy within marriage. And if we don't pay attention to those pillars and focus on growing those pillars in our marriage then our, the table of our marriage is not going to be properly structured and developed to be able to hold the pains and hurts and, and betrayals, small betrayals between Andrea and I where you know, we speak to each other wrongfully or things from outside happens, you lose a child, right? Or a child is just misbehaving at a point in life and needs to be corrected or you go through financial ruin or loss of jobs or loss of parents or whatever the things are that are going to be piled on the table of your marriage. If we have not 
before the Lord made an effort to develop each of these four pillars of intimacy, the table's going to be wonky at the best Mm -hmm. and completely topple over at the worst. So the four pillars, what are they? Well, uh, there's emotional intimacy, right? That's probably no surprise. And I'm not sure that any of these are surprising, but I want to think about them a little bit differently over the next few weeks. Emotional intimacy. Physical. Physical intimacy. And when we talk about physical intimacy, we're not talking about sexual intimacy. We're talking about non-sexual physical intimacy. Spiritual intimacy. And sexual intimacy. So those four broad categories of intimacy that I think probably if you are listening to this and and certainly comment if you disagree with this, but I think probably most people would go, yeah, that makes sense that those are the types of intimacy. But that's where rather than thinking about how we're developing them, we so often can devolve into thinking about how do we normalize them. Meaning for Nathan, I might have a high uh, desire for sexual intimacy, but not really emotional intimacy. And my wife may have a high desire for emotional intimacy and not really so much for sexual intimacy. And so it causes friction early on in our marriage. And then rather than sitting down and, and maturely going, okay, how do we develop each of these areas of intimacy in our lives? Instead, what we quickly go on a mission to do so often as married couples is to go, okay, well, I got to figure out how to grow her in sexual intimacy. And she goes, well, I got to figure out how to grow him in emotional intimacy. And we battle back and forth and position ourselves until we find a place where it's good enough. Yeah, it's maybe not right. where I would want it. Maybe it's not even in an area where we would say, hey, this is a God-honoring area for sexual intimacy or emotional intimacy, but it's good enough that we're not fighting. And there we sit. And the problem is we've created a faulty table. And can God fill in the gaps of that? Of course. Um, uh, and, and really, so often he does through either directly through the Holy Spirit getting involved and going, hey, this isn't right, as he's done in our lives this year, or through others that are getting involved, or or maybe he lets the marriage smash into the wall, mm-hmm. and then he brings people into your lives to try and help you pick up the pieces before him. Yeah, you know, I believe that we are called into... Godly marriages are supposed to be life-giving marriages, yeah. and but what I mean by that is... I'm supposed to give myself away in my marriage to give life to Nathan, yeah. right? And vice versa. And so a life-giving marriage is one in which I am selflessly giving away and my spouse is selflessly giving away in order to breathe life into the other person, you know? Mm. And and if we're trying to kind of avoid those areas of intimacy that are uncomfortable for us, that's that's not giving of myself. It's trying to tiptoe around something that I don't really want to have much to, as much to do with, you know. And it's not it's not life giving to my spouse. So I think it's important that that 
you know, as we do marriage and, and have these areas that we're uncomfortable in, that we choose to jump into that uncomfortable for the sake of our marriage and our spouse. And for us, really, for our own growth, too. Right. So I mentioned a minute ago, this is something that Andrew and I have been going through this year. And I feel like, for a lot of reasons, the Lord has really not let up in through his spirit in my own heart this year. And after wrestling with him for months and months and months, what I really felt like the Lord was saying is that we had just gotten a bit lazy in pursuing some of these areas of intimacy in our own marriage. Now our marriage, I mean, hasn't been quote unquote bad by even by Christian standards in, you know, I'm saying Christian, like, you know, churchy standards for since we came out of the affair a decade ago. Right. Um, But what I felt like is that, the Holy Spirit was just saying, well, you've just, you've just gotten lazy in some areas. You know, we kind of got to a place where we went, Hey, our marriage was so bad. Um, and now we've submitted it to the Lord and we're moving forward and things are good. Um, and there's some things that we know could probably be better, but you know, we're raising kids Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, there's, it's not a great time or we're focusing on these other things and the Holy spirit just wasn't going to let us get away with that anymore. Mm. Um, and so I share that with the marriage by design community because as I've opened up about this to some other guys in my life, I've realized that there's a lot of men this year, at least in the area where we live that have really been in a lot of spiritual turmoil this year and feeling like the Holy spirit's really been, after them to pursue him at deeper levels and to clean up some of the stuff that has been going on in their lives. And again, I want to make it clear. This is, these are not like major sin issues where we would go, Hey, yeah, clearly you need to stop that's looking wrong. At porn yeah. All the time. Right. I mean, I'm not talking about stuff like that. I'm talking about things that we might as Christians might go, man, that feels like the Holy Spirit's being really nitpicky about these things. But of course, when our God is a God of, perfection um it's understandable why he would go hey i I have better for you um and you know it could be that the lord's preparing our generation and our marriages for some large work and something new that he has coming down the pipe that we we don't know about yet but as i started really wrestling with him uh, through this and then andrea kind of got brought in the loop because there was a time when I was just kind of wrestling with the Lord and trying to figure out what he was trying to say. And I haven't said anything to Andrea yet. And, and then I did. And then there was some tension between her and I, because for her it was brand new and I didn't necessarily ease her into talking about it uh, as maybe I should have. And so there was some friction there and it was just, it was kind of this just difficult season for a few months there. And now I think we've come to a place, I think where we're, kind of on the same page right. mm-hmm. um and 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 that's why we want to share it with you so as we set this up for the next few minutes and we're just going to take one each week over the next several weeks i really want to just come back to that picture we're using of the table and i want you to start this week by just really asking yourself be transparent with yourself in which of these areas 
have I gotten okay with where we're at in our marriage, but I know it's not God's best for our marriage, right? Maybe you've come to a place, maybe you and your spouse struggled, um, emotionally, right? Maybe it's just, you both are busy and you sort of found this, this place where, man, as we're both working hard, you know, we're tired at the end of the day and we don't have the energy to really connect emotionally at a deeper level. I'm not talking about how was the kids, how was the day at work. I'm talking about, you know, down to an emotional level. How do you feel about what's, how our kids are doing right now? How do you feel about what's going on at your job? How do you feel about our relationship? Then you go, man, I, I know we should do that. We just, we've fallen in a place where we're tired and we're just trying to get through the the child rearing years. And I get it. Um, but for sure, that's not a God honoring place to be in your marriage. I would humbly submit to you. Why? Because, uh, when God created human beings and then human beings to be in relationship, he ended that conversation in Genesis two, where he created Eve and then presented her to Adam in marriage relationship. And then what did he immediately say about Adam and Eve? They were naked and not ashamed and unashamed. Mm -hmm. They were made to be in emotional intimacy. No shame, no no barriers, complete transparency with each other. And if you're not that way with your spouse, I would encourage you that it's time to get serious about that. You may be in a place where you go, hey, we have sex once every other month. And, you know, that's it's kind of it's not really that important to him or it's not really that important to her. And, you know, it's fine. Like if we try and push for any more than that, it's going to be a fight and it's going to be trouble. And, you know, it's fine. Uh, That's not fine. (laughs) Like I, I would just, I would remind you and you can go back and look on our channel. We'll probably talk about it again in a few weeks. Sex is our marital act of worship before the Lord, because it's the act by which the male part of God in the marriage, the husband and the female part of God in the marriage, the wife come together and create the completed picture of God before him. So while sex is fun, it feels good, can result in children. Like there's a lot of human reasons for sex there's a spiritual reason for sex too and it's to celebrate the completed image of god and give glory to that image through something that we only get to do within marriage so i would ask you if you're a christian would you be cool if someone said you know i go to church like yeah once a month or once every couple months i worship the lord you know i don't know a couple times a month maybe Uh, And I'm guessing you wouldn't. And I would just challenge you. This may be an area where you've chosen good enough instead of choosing God's design. And we'll we'll talk about the same thing when we talk about spiritual intimacy and physical, non-sexual physical intimacy. And I know these things are hard, um, but God's design for marriage is worth it. And so... For us, I would ask you, are you willing to embrace difficult? Are you willing to embrace temporary conflict and discomfort for um, God's design for marriage? Would you? What would you say to that? Yeah, I mean, 
I just would agree that being, you know, being in a place where you feel like this, this works, it's good enough is fine, but, and it takes, it takes effort and it takes difficulty to choose to, uh, kind of kick yourself out of that and out of the rut of that. Right. And choose something harder, especially when you're like, okay, this works. It's all right. Right. It's it's difficult to choose the harder path when something's going along just okay. Right. For something that is better, you know, because the Lord requires more than that. And so if you're in that position, I would say it's worth it. It's difficult, but it's totally worth it to say good enough's not enough for us and we're not gonna we're not gonna sail in this life we're not just gonna try to sail through um you know we're gonna we're gonna work hard and we're gonna choose better because there is and and I think that there are times in our there's definitely been times in our marriage and probably people listening would say that there's been time in their marriage where you get to a point where you're like man I didn't even know this level of marriage existed you know right. I didn't even know it could be right. this good That's or right. whatever and I think we can keep achieving that throughout life because I agree because we're always changing and if we're willing to changing and learning and let, letting God renew our minds and renew our hearts and and in that we 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 can be you know in this process of sanctification and if you're doing that together with your spouse then there are this sounds hokey but levels of marriage that I, that that I think you get to that you're like surprised by right. in a great way yeah, that's great. and so i think there's so much more out there for us that lord willing we have a lifetime to experience and keep working towards and but but it doesn't just come to it to you you know it takes hard work it takes intentionality a lot of intentionality and choosing to not just stay in some in something that's in a you know in a place in your marriage that's good enough right yeah and i I hope that's how you see these videos like this is this conversation we're having isn't really even necessarily like a sin issue discussion. No. This is a God desires his best for our marriage and for your marriage. And man, I would just challenge you take this next few weeks as we talk about this and and just uh, humbly and transparently ask the Holy Spirit within you, where are we at in this? And, and if you're in a place with your spouse, and I pray you are, where you can sit down with them and say, Hey, where do you feel like we're at in these four areas of intimacy and how can we make them better? Because even if your spouse goes, well, I think they're all fine. Uh, I think the, the even better question to ask is, well, how can we make them better? And talk about each of these four areas over the next four weeks while we talk about them. So homework for this week is to just spend some time thinking about that table analogy And also asking yourself and your spouse, hey, broadly, before we dig into these in more um, specific discussion, where are we at 
in our emotional intimacy? And what's one thing we could do to increase that, to level that up, as you said, in our marriage? Where are we at in our physical intimacy? Not sexual, but physical. Where are we at in our spiritual intimacy? And how could that be better? And where are we at in our sexual intimacy? And how could that be better? And we'll talk about each of these in more detail, along with some practical uh, things, you know, we just had an opportunity to do a marriage conference and ask some interactive questions. And there was really some fascinating responses to those questions about what are things we could do to increase intimacy in our marriage. And we'll share those things with you guys over the next several weeks. So anything else to add on that? Yep. That was great. All right, babe. Thanks for being here. Thanks for all that you add to our podcast. I love being able to do this with you guys. Thank you guys so much for being here and being a part of the marriage by design community. Uh, if you have any comments or questions, please put those in the uh, comment section below. If you're listening on audio, feel free to fire those over to us at marriage by design podcast at gmail.com or on our Facebook page, marriage by design podcast. Thanks so much for joining us guys until next week. Remember God is for your marriage. Have a great week.